look i feel like have you ever seen um what is it marvel's Inf infinity uh infinity wars or whatnot i feel like i'm collecting uh stones you know i you know between you danielle ashley um who, uh, both danielle's probably right yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah and um yeah you ashley Dan no that's that's it and then i think mm -hmm. i have completed the destiny child of advertising so um <laughs> Yeah. We are here, yes. <laughs> we are here, we are here. Well, look, if you're good to go, I'm good to go. Yes, I am good. All right, nice. Well, let's go ahead and get started. Welcome one and all to another episode of A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine. And this season, we have partnered with Ad Color. So huge shout out and thanks to our friends over at Ad Color. We're really, really excited about that. So on today's show, we have Tamika Joseph. And, you know, I have to not get too comfortable and say Pam Joe, Tamika Joe, as most of us know her. But I'm really excited to have this individual on. I mean, when I think about marketing leaders that are dynamic and that really, um, I'm getting a little bit of feedback. Uh-oh. I'm not. Let's see. What about now? Nope, no feedback on my end. Okay, it's good now. When I think about dynamic leaders that are doing amazing things within the field of advertising as well as marketing, Tamika certainly comes to mind. Tamika is a dynamic leader in the digital advertising marketing arena, as well as has had two decades of experience in marketing. So Don't dick me now. <laughs> I'm still a millennial, damn it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So we're going to dive into that. But in 2019, she became part of Walmart history, where she had joined to build their first in-house advertising team. So we're also going to dive into that. But without further ado, welcome to A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine. How's it going? It's going so well. Hey, it's so good to see you. So, so good to see you. Oh, good to see you too. Good to see you too. Now, you know, my question for you is everybody that has came on this podcast, at least this season, they have an ad color story. What's your ad color story? Oh my goodness. Um, my goodness. So I became introduced to ad color I think it's 2013. So to give a little history and context about it, I started at Microsoft in the fall of 2012. And, you know, back then, ad color was always in September. So fast forward, I must have made quite an impression in one year. Um, you know, did what I had to do, did my work, but also my brand probably stood for itself because in the fall of 2013, an opportunity came to my table where... Someone who was slated to go to Ad Color could no longer go. And essentially, I was nominated to fill their spot. And, you know, I, of course, took the opportunity and showed up and showed out. I mean, it wasn't just about going to Ad Color, but it was embracing Ad Color, understanding what it was all about, celebrating the industry at that time, but also getting to know my peers across. The U.S. So Ad Color and Microsoft actually is the birth of many of my current friendships today. As many of them that you know, uh, with my colleagues, whether they were in Chicago, Seattle, Atlanta, you name it. Um, and of course, this is when Ad Color was at the Beverly Hilton. 
Oh. And this was when everybody in Hollywood just came to add color too. And, <laughs> and so my first ad color had like Don Lemon and Soledad O'Brien and Nick Cannon and you name it. Like I was on the dance floor with all of them. And it was such an amazing time that left such an incredible impression on me that I just knew that I wanted to be a part of this community. And so I figured my entry point to continue doing that was to be a part of it in terms of um, my role at Microsoft. So of course I had my day job, which of course I continue to do and continue to excel. However, I also took on my stretch project of being a part of developing the corporate partnership. So how Microsoft showed up at AdColor, making sure that it was mutually beneficial, making sure that we amplified our brand, amplified our leaders, amplified our employees as well, and that we were able to show up there. So I did that in 2014, 2015, we were in New York, so really made sure we had a great presence there. Again, being a part of the DEI steering committee at, at Microsoft. And in 2016, actually, I was encouraged to apply to the advisory board. And I was accepted on the advisory board. And nice. what an incredible, incredible opportunity. Uh, at that time, it was myself and like Jonathan Priester and Jonathan Triplett and Chris Vega. We were all a part of the university committee. And what was interesting, I think at that time, the university committee had always been a part, been about uh, like learning and development for the futures class. And it was pretty much like the same curriculum. I think at that point, a lot of us had exhausted it. And I remember like Jonathan and I took a risk on presenting something new and presenting um, improv classes for the futures class. And we won over the advisory board at the time and kind of changed the way we looked at uh, the curriculum for the futures class. So we were able to do that. And um, 2016 is when we were woke in Boca. And yes, we, <laughs> we literally added color to Boca Raton that year. And so it just, it was another magical, magical experience. And um, at that time, I served my tenure for about two years on the advisory board, I believe it was. And um, when I ended, I was actually at another company. I was at Twitter at the time. So I had to rebalance my priorities. But as you probably know from folks at Twitter, the Twitter Blackbirds, they're deep. <laughs> they roll deep. And the DEI is taken very was taken very seriously. Twitter 1.0, by the way, let me clarify. And yeah. <laughs> And um, it was so great to be a part of that community, knowing that it was a priority for the organization. It was sponsored by the CEO at the time. So I was able to take on my new role, take on this new company, and still be a part of the community of that color. And I still am today. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Beautiful story. And I mean, I think especially, you know, when I think about you, you have really always put community first and also the people around you. Um, shouting out opportunities that you come across where you're like, hey, I think you may be a good fit for that. And, you know, I think it's been so great. But I mean, let's dive into some of the opportunities that you've had. Um, and more so specifically, I would love for you to talk about how you prepare when you're going after your next opportunity. You know, we are, I think, at a heightened time within uh, particularly the tech world. And I'm sure given your time at Microsoft, many people may not have seen the current landscape of the tech industry when it comes to the amount of massive layoffs that are currently taking place. And not to say that 
you know, tech companies are untouchable, but we're seeing it more and more. And I just think with every company. So how have you prepared to take that next step in your journey when it comes to landing your next role or gig? Oh, that's such a good question because, you know, my background is vast, starting in media, going to tech, and now in retail. And to be honest, of course, I, I am the ultimate planner in every aspect of my life. But now, my you know, just for those of you listening, that's the trajectory for a CMO. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, I don't know what she's working on, but okay, I hear you. You know, your lips, God ears, you know, if, if you want to manifest it to me, put it on my vision board. I receive it. I receive okay, it. Okay. I do. I do. <laughs> but but I, I'm just saying that, you know, in my career, I didn't, I didn't expect to be at any of these companies. Truth be told, I am just a person who craves information and craves new skills. And with every opportunity it was just, I wanted to learn the next thing. I wanted to exhaust every single skill set possible so that whenever I determine wherever I land or whatever I wanted to be when I grow up, it was, I could not be turned down because I have such a wealth of knowledge or a broad amount of skills that I can take on the opportunity. So whether CEO, CMO, you know, again, whether it's advertising, marketing, communications, finance, I've got it. And I can speak all those different languages. So when I think about going from career to career and role to role, a lot of it is, of course, doing a great job in your role, but a lot of it is your relationships. And I'm not just talking about the typical, I know everyone talks about your mentor, your advocates, your sponsors, those are incredibly important and necessary as well. But it's also your peers, the relations, for lack of better words, below you, right, um, alongside you, and, and are equally important as the ones above you. So it's just making sure that you go deep. I know oftentimes people use the terms board of advisors, and that's such an awesome way to look at it, but making sure that you're including everyone on that board. And I mean, when I talk to my mentees, I'm thinking of a lot of our conversations right now. It's that you don't want to often reach out to someone when you need something, right? So that's why, like I say, relationships are important. You just want to talk to people. You just want to check in. You want to get their perspectives. You want to understand their backgrounds, too, so that when you are ready to move, you just never know who's saying your name in other rooms, you know, who's going to support you at that time. So each and every time, for the majority of the roles that I've had, I can't say that I literally like applied to a role and got the role. And I think, I mean, everyone I think today really understands that, right? With the job market the way it is, I mean, so many people are unfortunately, you know, looking for opportunities. We have to find new ways of securing them and just applying to a job description online doesn't work anymore. And that's why I stress the importance of relationships, because you just never know where your next opportunity is. Again, not just the people above you, but the ones horizontal alongside you, and even the ones who may be in roles that are junior to you. Yeah, absolutely. Beautifully said, beautifully said. Well, you know, we talk about, I think, your journey at large. And yes, you have been at different places. I mean, going from entertainment to tech and then to retail. I mean, you have touched it all. But my listeners always range from people that have just graduated college to, you know, C-suite executives that are trying to figure out what is the dude talking about on that podcast over there. Um, but I would love to go back to 2005. Could you take us back to your first day working at the Disney 
FBC group. <laughs> it's so funny you bring that up because full circle, I spent um, a holiday evening with my first boss. He throws a holiday party for anyone that he's crossed paths with. He's still at Disney. And um, I got to see him and some of my old colleagues, and it was such an incredible time. Um, so I do remember... Uh, my Disney experience very well. And obviously you could tell that I still love it very much so much that I'm still in touch with my first boss. But um, it was actually a dates back to my senior year of college where I had an internship at Disney where I was learning everything about television research in their research department. And again, making an impact, you know, doing good work, but also really, really strengthening the relationships there. I just knew that I loved Disney I, at that time. I loved everything about the brand. I loved the leaders that they had. They were such supportive, encouraging people. And, you know, especially when you're graduating, you hear how difficult it is to secure opportunities at graduation. And it, I, I would just literally do, I'd walk the halls. I'm literally that person. I'd walk the halls and just be like, what is going on over here? And who's that over there? And I'm a big sports geek, if you will. I, I rep Golden State. I see it behind you on the wall. So like, shout out oh, yeah. Yeah, to oh, yeah. the Warriors. So, I mean, any and everything that would help me build a connection with someone, I would leverage it. Um so I, I would just make relationships that way. And when the end of my internship was coming up, I remember it was two months before it ended. I started to ask the question and just seed it on were there full-time opportunities available so that I can transition into it, whether it was in that organization or not. But specifically, I had loved that organization. And I think at that time, I didn't even see broader like Disney org. I was just thought I wanted to work in TV research because I liked them so much and I was having such a good time. And lo and behold, my boss at the time, of course, she was a VP of marketing in, in television research and she had a number of relationships and she did know of an entry level opportunity over uh, specifically within the syndicated properties. Um, and that literally was my first job in TV research at graduation. And it was incredible. I mean, that manager set the bar for all of the other managers I've ever had in my career. I think it's why I'm a little spoiled and why having a good manager is so important to me. Um, like I said, I'm still in touch with him today. I still respect him today. He's, he was just so supportive. And I'll give you an example why, why, why it stays with me. So I started off in TV. But there was an opportunity to transition to digital. They wanted to start a digital department, like their first ever ad-supported department where we were running ads on the website for Life with Regis and Kelly, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, uh, Ebert and Roper, et cetera. But these were television guys. They didn't know digital. So they said, well, hey, do you want to have at it? Like, do you want to try it? I'm like, well, what's a CPM and what's an impression and all these, you know, things and all the lingo. And my boss said to me at the time, well, look, if it doesn't work out or if you don't like it, you could just come back into your TV research job. And just having that safety net, having that support, having that security. I, I'm not even sure he realized how much that meant to me and what it did to me, but it did give me the courageousness to really take that risk and try it out. And then that's when I bit the ad sales and ad, you know, the digital bug. And 
I went to digital and I never turned back. <laughs> I love the digital and I still love it to this day. Um, so I'm so thankful for him in so, so many ways that he pushed me out of my comfort zone. He supported me in my best interests. And um, he really introduced me to something that really was now became the blueprint for the rest of my career. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that journey. And I mean, I think, you know, you talk about digital and kind of what you're doing and it just has, it's grown so much. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not sure how much you knew when you were in college, but, you know, over, I want to say the last three years, particularly with the 2020 pandemic, there's mm -hmm. been a lot of students that have been revisiting their degrees. You being in digital now and everything that you're doing in your career and digital advertising, do you find that also obtaining a degree in marketing, but also mathematics has really helped um, kind of, you know, you succeed in that area by having that um, expertise in mathematics as well? Sure. I mean, it helps your critical thinking. It helps you be able to think quickly on the fly. For me, I'm forecasting all the time. I'm trying yeah. to grow, grow revenue. It's all about the money. It's all about the dollar dollar bills. So it's all the math has to math for me every single day. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I understand. I understand. You know, Tamika, I don't know if I ever shared this with you, but one thing that I think I always admired about you, outside of your personality, everybody loves you. I think we all know that too, your friends. But also too, I think how you prioritize family, which I know that you're vocal about. You also have it included in your bio. Um, and I think that sometimes within business and this world of marketing, people aren't vocal about that. But can you talk a little bit about how family, I guess, has really... Um, helped you throughout your career and why, you know, naturally, I know that this question may be a little odd to some, but why, you know, you really do make sure that you prioritize your family. Yeah. Absolutely. So one, I have to say shout out to my AARP crew, my geriatric crew. I love them. That's my family. Um, because in the pandemic, I did become a caregiver, an additional responsibility on my plate um, to take care of some family members. And I think since the pandemic, too, we have had a roller coaster of moments. We have had some challenging moments. We've experienced loss. But all in all, it's helped us all grow in different ways, you know, whether it's grow into our new normals, grow as individuals, grow in our relationships. But I think even for me, it helps you grow into to understanding how you shift your priorities and how you pivot what your priorities are. So for me, I mean, I think everyone who, whether you're my friend or whether you um, see me on social, you know that like my parents and I are thick as thieves and they are my day one and twos or tied at my day ones. And um I think the time that's spent with them is just so precious. I think for me, I live, I think these experiences have always taught me, especially since the pandemic, how much more I do live an urgent life, how much more I appreciate not all the things that they've done for me, but how much more I do because life is so precious and so fragile. So for me, I have no problems putting them before something because I know the time spent with them is extraordinarily valuable and um, and that I can't get it back, right? Again, having experienced loss and now that, you know, we're in this new normal of our family. So I, I champion my family. I champion everyone and hope everyone can do the same as well. Um, 
you'd be surprised how much you learn too about yourself <laughs> and about your family dynamics, right? And you know, I feel like my mother and my father are a bit polar opposites, but they shaped me to be everything that you're seeing in front of you today, right? You know, the risk taker, the all the personality, um, all the the discipline, the due diligence, and the focus, and the risk, and to just grow in my career and to take all of these challenges and opportunities with an equal equal standpoint. So I, I champion them all the time. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for share, shedding light on that because I do think that, you know, so often we can get caught up on the, in, in our nine to five, rightfully so. We're passionate mm-hmm. about it. Um, you know, for many of us, even people that are listening and on the podcast this season, uh, mm-hmm. got it out the mud, so to say, you know? Um, <laughs> But, you know, there's something about growing together. So I appreciate you shedding light on that. Well, listen, you've reached the point of the podcast where we call this show A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine. So you are the joy. So and I am the caffeine. Well, I could be a little extra at times still, Tamika Joe. You know, you know me. But But with that being said, if you had to give a dose of anything to our audience listening, it could be oh, anything that you, it's to think about individuals that are in marketing, DEI, tech, AI. We have 33K ears on the show. Ooh. What would you like to give our audience a dose of? Oh my goodness. I'm going to take the soft life route um, and offer maybe a dose of light, if you will. I, I always aspire to be a light to someone and offer light into someone's world. But also, I really am I'm centering my year around abundance for those who you know follow numerology. I don't know if you do, but 2024 equals eight. The number eight signifies abundance. So I do hope that we all have an abundant year, right? And I, and I hope that uh, we think about all those things that can come our way through just truly changing our mindset, you know, welcoming the light into our world and hopefully those abundant opportunities. A great example is, believe it or not, um, unbeknownst to you, your timing is impeccable because my year is centered around returning to my core and returning to my center. And not that I strayed away for it, but again, like, especially as I mentioned with family or just with shifts in in opportunities, you know, you have to pivot in life. And um, I am pivoting back to the things that I know innately bring me joy and make me happy. So you're going to see me outside. You're going to see me at the conferences. You're going to see me on the stages, et cetera, et cetera. I've been been looking for you, Tamika Joe. That's why I you on the podcast. You know, and here I am. So unbeknownst to you, your timing was so impeccable. And I, you know, it's the power of manifestation or the power of goal setting, the power of vision board, however anyone looks at it. Like, who knew that I was thinking about my year and, you know, what I wanted it to be. And here came a do like, hey, you know, can you, you know, be on the podcast? So I want to say thank you. I appreciate you. And I'm so honored to be a part of this podcast and your podcast family. So I really appreciate it. So I'm offering light and abundance and manifestations to everyone. So hopefully that they receive all of it in their universe as well. Thank you so much. And listen, we'll take that. But yeah, I definitely have been. And it's great. I know if I don't see you, I know I'm going to hear the Tamika Joe laugh. So and you'll see. The- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will say 
Can I add, in addition to what I, um, the light and abundance and manifestation, you know, yeah. since you offer a dose of caffeine, can I offer a dose of jalapenos? Because you got to keep it spicy. Oh, yeah. Keep it spicy. <laughs> I'm a jalapeno yeah. kind of girl. So, or or some pepper sauce. Some pepper sauce. There we go. Look, yeah. listen, listen, we could do that. Listen, we can do that too. I think abundance and yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. Being able to go after it and manifest and really keep things, um, you know, positive to, to, to keep moving. So that's really, really exciting. You know, I meant, I read your bio and there's so many different things that I could actually uh, dive in through your bio, but I think that it's well on its way for you truly having a story. If I gave you a book and it was self-titled, not self-titled, but it was authored by you and it was your story, what would be the name of your book? Oh my God, that is such a tough one. That is such a tough one. Um, at this time, I'd probably have to rinse and repeat Michelle Obama and something on the lines of becoming, like, you know, becoming myself or becoming Tamika, or something along those lines. Because I think, as I mentioned, growth is ongoing. And, you know, like, my evolution is is never-ending. You know, I, I'm, right now, it's just a chapter in my life, right? So, and that's truly how I view all of the experience, the good, the bad, the indifferent, the ugly, all of it. It's, it's just a moment but I know that it's leading to something else. Um, I'm excited for this chapter, I must say. Um, but it, it would probably be Becoming Tanika or Becoming Myself, something that kind of centered around evolution, growth, et cetera. I like that. Keeping things moving. I love that. And also, too, being at the forefront, I think, would definitely be captured in that book because you have been on top of so many different things. When it comes to digital advertising and marketing, you know, we're in 2024. Is there anything that's currently top of mind for you that you're kind of keeping an eye on as the industry continues to grow? So don't kill me, but I'm going to use the buzzword. And I know, especially off of the heels of CES, we're tired of hearing <laughs> the two letters of AI, especially because they don't mean Allen Iverson anymore. But yes, I am talking about artificial intelligence. Uh, because okay. I'm, I'm just all about it. And I know, yes, rightfully so, we should have some concerns, but that's with everything. People were concerned about the internet and, and social media and all the things. So of course, there should be some concerns. However, I think that it's such a critical and powerful tool that will change the way that we operate in advertising, PR, communications, marketing. I mean, think about the way creative is developed, the way marketing briefs are written, the way that we forecast our businesses, the way that we look at end of campaign analyses, right? So I think there's just so many different ways that it could be leveraged to have more productivity, make us more consultative, you know, create more efficiencies, right? So help us just be more strategic. And look, the one thing that it can't do is evoke emotion and really be a storyteller, right? But it could be a great assistant in doing so. You know what I mean? So it could free up our time, especially, again, me with that urgent life, you know, prioritizing time. That's why I love it and embrace it because it gives me back time to prioritize to something else, whether it is another task, another revenue stream, my family, myself, whatever. No, I think that that's beautiful. Did you go to CES this year? Or I did not. I did not. Oh. I, I just, 
I watch it from the sidelines through my yeah. peers, through <laughs> the industry leaders. It always just seems like a lot. It is a lot. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is a lot. And it's also been a, a while. But I mean, you're absolutely right. There was so much conversation around AI. And I love what you said about time, you know. I actually think a little bit to, you know, me kind of starting off in the industry, just how many times I would even just check an email over, you know, because there's that mm -hmm. there's that heavy weight on my shoulder of being young and sending the right email and I'm sending it to a leader and me reviewing it a hundred times. Mm -hmm. And now with AI, I could put in that exact emotion, I think about it and, you know, get what I need to get, you know, from it. So exactly. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see where things go with that for sure. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, we talked about the amazing things I think that you have done. You've seen a lot in the industry. And anybody that's listening, we also know that you're a huge advocate for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, and we want to make sure that, you know, all communities are being reflected. But I think right now, something that's very topical is that there's been a lot of articles about um, Black women, particularly Black women um, in the workplace, and some that have even titled them um, that the workplace, corporate America, is killing uh, Black women. Uh is there anything, you know, tied to not necessarily that particular topic, but I think diversity, equity and inclusion that you feel like these articles are starting to come to the forefront? It's so interesting uh, because the headlines are so disheartening. The conversation right now is so disheartening. Um, it's deflating. It's exhausting. But it just proves the point that the work is ever so valuable, it's never ending, and it just must continue. So whether it's, you know, DEI officers, DEI organizations, uh, DEI committees, et cetera, et cetera, nonprofits, et cetera, I just implore and hope everyone has the strength and the energy to fight the fight and continue because we need it probably, again, more now than ever. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Beautifully said. And, you know, I think that that shows up in so many different ways, especially, you know, with a lot of the conversations uh, that come up um, throughout Ad Color as well and that happen at Ad Color. Um, can you kind of talk about, you know, for somebody that hasn't attended, what what is the dynamic of Ad Color when you go there? And what's something that you always look forward to when, you know, when you when you have attended in previous years? Sure, sure. At color, oh my gosh, at color is such a vibe. Um, <laughs> um, but truthfully, you know, it's interesting for me. Again, the ultimate planner. You have to really think about what type of ad color do you want to have, because for someone who it may be their first time, it may appear overwhelming, right? Because you're entering a space where. Yes, there are a lot of established relationships, but then there's a lot of new net relationships to be forged as well. But there's also a lot of great content. There are a lot of great uh, mixer opportunities. So, you know, when I think about Ad Color, for me, it is a family reunion. I love that I get to see my peers throughout the industry who are across the nation. But, you know, from <laughs> another side of it, you know, I think, you know, I'm have a Caribbean background. And so I'm going to tap into my Caribbean experience a bit and say, 
Uh, and maybe, you know, you may share similarly with an African background that, you know, whenever you like you go back home for the summer or something, you always meet a new relative, a new cousin or something. I feel like <laughs> I feel like ad color is a little bit like that in the sense where, yes, it's a family reunion. You connect with those that, you know, but it is an opportunity to meet your new family members as well. So there's a lot of new cousins, a lot of new aunties and uncles at ad color. And I actually look forward to that, not just connecting with you know one another that I do know and I've missed and that I hadn't seen but it's also making sure that I'm making time to meet my new family and establish new relationships with my new family members yeah 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 I agree I agree and 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 even me you even I I, I it's okay I'll put myself in the crazy category <laughs> that's all right I want <laughs> I'll put myself in the crazy cousin category but you're right you know I think it's meeting and and even the way you said it, it's like that's that's at the forefront. But what we don't even realize is that we're we're networking in a non-traditional sense, you know, but it's not like sometimes you think of networking and that could be overwhelming. But I love that it's friend, family first and then, oh, yeah, hey, you know, I also have this going on over here. So that's really, really nice. Right. Um, Tamika, how many years now have you been working? When you say experience, what? how many years are you putting on this? Because I think you may be undercutting it. <laughs> it is almost 20. <laughs> 20 years. Almost, you know, almost. 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 <laughs> almost. Listen, almost, almost 20 years. And I mean, everybody, like, we know you as a boss. But I, I always have this thing, who motivates the motivator? So now that you, like, you know, you've hit 20 years in the industry of your career, what do you look for in a leader? Because I'm pretty sure that now you 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 worked for several. I'm sure several have worked for you. But 20 years in the industry, when you are now looking at someone that can motivate you and a leader, you know, within a company, what are you now looking for? And the reason why I'm asking is because I think that there comes a point where a lot of people, even listening to this conversation, to where they 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 need to know what to look for in order to reach that next level. So, what do you look for in a leader? Sure. You know, especially with today, and I think the pandemic, you know, taught us a lot because a lot of us had to get a crash course in remotely man remote management, right? So a lot of times, you know, we're so used to the in-office culture that, you know, a lot of us, it, it, it is a different skill to manage remotely because once someone, you know, ends that Zoom or shuts that laptop, you don't know what's happening. You don't know what emotions are going on. You don't know what they're dealing with. So it is a different skill set that I think we all built and maybe quite frankly still are building for some of us, especially with the hybrid situation that we're in. So that said, it, it, in addition to the hard skills, there's a, a bigger emphasis on the soft skills. So it's a bigger emphasis on empathy and thoughtfulness, right? Mm. Um, discipline, right? Because now, again, we're in our own spaces. So do you have the discipline to show up and still do as much hard work um, when no one is around, essentially? And that doesn't I mean... Know. Tamika, somebody found my 3 p.m. nap on my calendar. I had to, <laughs> had to delete it. Had to delete it real quick. All right. I just... <laughs> You better. You better. 
But I know that's important that you mentioned too, because now that we are also working in hybrid situations, it is very easy to get carried away and work endless hours, right? So, I mean, I do applaud you for, you know, making time for yourself. I've had to block time for lunch or had to block time to walk, right? Like yeah. to make sure I had movement, right? Some of my one-on-ones with my team, I have a walking meeting so that I get my steps in, I'm moving, right? And, and I'm still conducting my meeting with them. So I look for folks that are essentially have a growth mindset, who are thoughtful and empathetic, who are great collaborators, who are team players. Because again, at the end of the day, you're only as good as your team, right? I mean, at the end of the day, I don't want to diminish any of the work that anyone does, but it really comes down to your team, right? You know, all the things that you put forward, can we do this together? What is most important? You know, so that's really what I I look for. And I think you see that in the people who work hard, not just for the sake of working hard, you know, that kind of selfish, you know, um, approach where they're just looking to get ahead, but those who bring people along with them. Yeah. I agree. I definitely agree. And also too, you know, the balance, but yeah, I, I was, you know, I, early pandemic, you, you, you're right. We had to have discipline because I had to realize me doing my uh, brunch and my mimosa Monday, <laughs> Friday, maybe Justin, maybe you should just wait on Sunday to do your brunch. You know, this ain't, this ain't it, but you, you are right. It's like, I think we don't realize how new and fresh it still is that we are still learning this because I was the type of person I had to be in the office. Like I, I just had to, you know, so I was even trying to get used to working remotely, you know, so it's definitely a, a, a new era, shall we say. It is. It is. One of the things that we love to talk about this show, and this is, we, we use this time to talk about this because this is a reminder to our listeners to go on vacation with 20 years of experience. (laughs) Mika, what was the last great vacation that you went on? Do I have to laugh? Because if you ask any of my friends there, they would tell you I'm probably on vacation right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do prepare the others often. I prepare the others often, okay? <laughs> Listen, when you say unlimited, you said unlimited, so... I'm going to prepare you uh, for my vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm very big on vacation. Um, you know, again, <laughs> I think this happened. I don't. I don't want to blame Microsoft, but because of the Microsoft culture, I think that's where I got my first dose of a bit of like a high. Excuse me, an unlimited PTO uh, benefit. And the, every company that I've worked at since have had the same. Uh, so I make sure that. I do schedule that, whether it's a long weekend, whether it's a self-care day, or whether it's an extended period of time. So a week, a week and a half, you know, a two-week vacation, I definitely do it. And for me, my personal relationships and my family are very, very important to me. So for instance, 
I celebrate. I'm, I love all the pomp and circumstance of celebrating milestones. So for instance, my dad and I's birthdays are only four days apart. So we're going to celebrate all the time. And that is our priority. My mother's birthday is around Mother's Day, as well as my parents' wedding anniversary. Oh, sounds like a two-week vacation right there. So, you know, I make sure... <laughs> I, I say that jokingly, but I do stress the importance of that valuable time with family because it isn't just about going on vacation or having a luxurious time or a lavish time or being with family or, you know, going to, I love festivals and carnivals and concerts and all of the sort or sport. I've traveled for sporting events. I've gone to London to watch the New York Giants play there. So, you know what I mean? It's, oh, it's wow. for me, it's, I, I pour into those moments that, are most important to me. And it's those bonds with my friends, those big moments for my friends as well and for my family. But we know that it does us well because it recharges us. You know, yeah. when we come back, you know, like we are happier, we are replenished, we are relaxed and rejuvenated. So it is in our best interest and the company's interest to afford us these vacations and to ensure that we do use it. So I'm grateful to have the opportunity to work at amazing organizations that encourage PTO and encourage us to take time for ourselves. So yes, I take vacation. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got it. I got it. And you know, the Microsoft thing, maybe, maybe I should know. I think between you and Danielle Skeen Instagram, y'all were battling on vacation pics at one point. So, I mean, you know, shout out to uh, Microsoft. Good friends, by the way, of, of yes. the show and also Danielle Skeen and yourself. Mm -hmm. But yes, anyone that is listening, I don't care where you're going, put in those vacation days so that Please. you can give yourself a break. So, Tamika, you have touched some amazing industries. And so the final question before you get out of here, how are you preparing to make that pivot when you're going to a whole nother industry? And then on top of that, is there a through line through your work and through your dynamic of you as a leader that you realize, OK, now that you've been in entertainment, you've been in retail, you've been in tech, there are different categories but you're still able to take this one thing to bring them through because it could be a little intimidating, right? To so many people where they're like, I've never worked this. I, I, Cause I think you could touch any category fashion. I know you're, I know. So if you don't mind, what's the Tamika Joe secret sauce? <laughs> I'll tell you, it's very, very simple. Um, I'm a skills chaser, right? I mean, the thread is digital advertising, right? But I'm a skills chaser. And there's so many other transferable skills. And I think that's just a part of it. Even when I'm, like, I'm thinking of my mentees again and just pulling it out of them to realize you are so much more than you realize. And you show up in so many other ways that you just got to pull it out of it. And it's all about the storytelling, right? So when I went from media to tech, you know, yes, it was digital advertising that I was doing. You know, but I was also providing revenue numbers. I was doing um, campaign analyses, right? I was doing critical thinking. I was doing, you know, I had strengthening my communication skills and I was strengthening my executive presence, et cetera, et cetera. I was client facing, right? So I could do those things and build upon it. You know, I think that when you do transition anywhere, yes. You know, you should have some of the skills, but you don't need 100% of them. If you can do a good 60, 75% of the job, that's essentially all you need because you want to have 
a part of the job that you don't know so that you grow and you're learning a new skill set, right? I think so that's, but that's it. That's it. That's the a bar. That's a, a that's the gem. That's the right. bar. Because I don't, I don't think, I don't think that people think about that. I think all the time it's like, hey, I got to know everything. But I like that you're saying, leave yourself that, um, almost that grace. You know, yeah, absolutely. And you know, going from tech to retail, now that was incredibly daunting because it wasn't just any retail company at that. It was Fortune One. But however, I was very confident in my skill sets because within advertising. I had done display advertising, search advertising, social media advertising, right? So I had held C-suite meetings. I had pitched everything under the sun. Like I knew and how confident I was in my skill sets, in my ability to sell, in my ability to coach and develop. I worked alongside an incredible account manager who's like my little sister today, right? So I knew that I had all of these great leadership qualities and skill sets. And that's how I positioned myself. And I knew that I could bring that essentially to retail. I can lend them my skills, right? And in return, they would give me retail experience. And that's where I am today, right? So, you know, it, it's sometimes you have to think of it too, like how is it beneficial for each other? Like I'm lending you my expertise and my skill sets and in exchange, I'm gaining what I like to sometimes coin as my second MBA in retail. Yeah, absolutely. Jeez. Look, I don't know if I'm maybe TMI telling too much, but for those of you listening, this is actually Tamika's first time on a podcast. So, it is. So Hey, I, I I I am delighted and super thankful. One that you said yes. Two that you made the time, and that this and that three. This was your first one because I think after listening to this one, um, you may have to you may have to pause on the inbox of requests. So thank you for coming on. I appreciate you. I appreciate you and the invitation. I am glad that this time worked and that here we are today. And I hope everything was helpful and useful. And I had such a good time chatting with you. I can talk to you for hours. I do. You know that. <laughs> I know. I know. But at least, but at least over a great meal and a cocktail. Now, Absolutely. Uh, until, <laughs> until then, though, um, for people listening at home, what is the best way that they can get in contact with you? Maybe if they have a question or maybe if they just want to say hello, what's the best way that people can learn more about you or get in contact with you? I think LinkedIn is probably the easiest, quickest, and best. I'm Tamika Joseph on LinkedIn. So I am happy to answer any requests or questions or meetups, again, build relationships, as well as friends in some of my old one as well. Maybe there's some folks out there I haven't seen or heard from in a while, so I'd love to reconnect to. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I also will throw out this disclaimer because remember everybody listening, the amazing professionals and executives that come on this show, they're doing this out of the goodness of their heart. So please, if you don't hear from them, maybe in five weeks or 24 hours, just, you know, show them grace because uh, they're just uh, extending their time. Tamika, thank you so much for coming on the show and thank you all for tuning in. As always, stay safe, drink a ton of water, and remember that you deserve <laughs> a dose of black joy and caffeine. Until next time, I am Adu. Thanks, Adu. <laughs>